calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. I am Alex and this week I am joined by Matthew Perslow. Hello. How are you doing, man? I'm all right, thank you. Al, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Excellent. I'm also joined by Simon Cardi in a new room of his house. Yes, a brief glimpse, what, not for the listeners because they don't get to see us all, but yeah, I'm in my living room for a change. Do you know what? It's considerably colder down here than it is in my room, mm. but that's probably because in my room I have like doors closed, windows closed curtains drawn and like multiple machines on just blowing hot air so and yeah. you've not left that room since what march since march yeah i've not left that <laughs> six foot space or whatever it is yeah it's basically like prison sounds easy doesn't it do you think a lot more people would be easier with prison after this lockdown probably not <laughs> not personally speaking having been isolating for a while no I'd like i thought you were gonna like say having been in prison it's not it's not great <laughs> Well, it feels like it after two weeks. But then again, at least if I was in prison, I wouldn't have a five-year-old nagging me constantly to go and do stuff. So, swings and roundabouts, eh? But you also wouldn't have next-generation consoles to play with. That is very true, and we are very fortunate. And, well, technically, well, two of us have got both. One of us is only... Well, you've got two, Matt, but just two of the same species. Well, yeah, they are the same (laughs) machine, but one is a a poor little underpowered version. (laughs) Oh... But we will talk more about that later. Uh, First, the big game that's obviously doing the rounds at the minute is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, I've played it a bit, but not that much. Matt, I think you've played it quite a lot. Uh, 26 hours now. Oh, wow. That is quite a bit. Uh Yeah, I've only played like maybe two or three hours because I'm in this space at the moment where I have lucky enough to have so many games that I've been playing like half an hour of each at a time. Oh, check you out. (laughs) I need to pick one. No, it's, it's a blessing and a curse. Uh, may I suggest that you choose Assassin's Creed Valhalla? Why, Matt? Well, I think it's the best Assassin's Creed that's ever been made, basically. Ooh. Which I, I know is a bold claim, but uh, if anybody has followed what like the IGN UK crew has done this year, you might have known that me and Cardi made a, a documentary earlier this year about Assassin's Creed um, and about the evolution of the series up to Valhalla coming out, which means that we spent a long time studying 
basically every game that has been made in that series so they're all quite fresh in my mind um i've played and completed every one of them aside from rogue um and yeah in my opinion i think this is the best one they've done um and part of that is down to the building on that evolution there's a lot of what made odyssey and origins very good sort of evolutions on that thing but there's some interesting what i'm going to guess is influence from other games of which i think probably the most important one is red dead redemption which is not what i expected going into this um so that comes from the world is obviously very open like all Mm -hmm. assassin's creed games are and we're in uh england this time although actually norway for a long time like cardio imagine you're still in norway i'm still in i'm still yeah barely yeah, me too. even explored Norway. Mm-hmm. So. And it's beautiful, isn't it, I'm sure. Like, oh, it's incredible. Oh, you're on yeah. PS4, right, for this? Yes. And I imagine it yeah. probably still looks pretty good on a PS4. Yeah, like, obviously, so I'm playing it on a Pro, mm-hmm. and it does chug a bit in places. Um, I'm interested to see what, obviously, it looks like at PS5, but when yeah. I last checked, I I'm don't playing it on Series X, and it's ridiculously yeah, good. And like, like this, so smooth. Yeah, and the, so on Series X, it's 60 frames per second, 4K, and it's got, like, I'm pretty sure that's ray tracing when you click, like, you can see when you're climbing icy surfaces that there's that, like, gentle reflection on them. Like, it, it's an absolutely astonishing game. But the thing that's really important about the way it builds its world is in Odyssey and Origins, which is where they shifted over to that RPG style, it was very much uh, that overwhelming plethora of icons on a map that mm-hmm. kind of just too big i think yeah just too much yeah. yeah whereas assassin's creed uh valhalla has a different approach to that so you have i mean when you move out of norway which is your kind of starting um world and move into england the the map is split into kind of the four kingdoms of england as it was in that sort of you know, anglo-saxon era those those areas are you kind of pledge yourself to them and go I'm going to go here and I'm going to do the quest and then it gives you one quest that runs through there and it's split into multiple chapters but you're following a single storyline so there's less to the sides oh can you go and do this side quest that's going to pull you off over here this one that's going to take you over here so you don't end up with a quest log that's just jam-packed full the way it gives you that side quest stuff is a lot more like Red Dead Redemption in which you will find things in the world and in the similar way that Rockstar does, very odd things. So mm-hmm. if you look at a map, it will still have lots of icons on them, but they are just coloured glints and they're split into three different segments. So you've got wealth, mysteries, and I think it's artefacts. And so you know roughly what the outcome of that will be. So mysteries tend to be the equivalent of side quests. Wealth are things that will help you out. So, you know, money to spend or new... Like, that will give you your new skills and stuff like that. And artifacts are kind of just collectibles. But the way... So your mysteries are the ones that I like the most because that's what gets you in with people. And this is the equivalent of... You know, in Red Dead, you just find a man on a horse that would just give you some absolutely mental thing to do. So Mm -hmm. that's what kind of mysteries are based around. I don't want to spoil too many of them because... The discovery of them is the joy but if i give you some examples of one was i went to a house where there was a woman outside who was having let's say marital issues um (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
and uh, invited me into her house to help settle the situation with her and her husband. It turns out her husband basically couldn't get it up unless he was in battle. So I had to <laughs> simulate that they were in a raid by smashing their house up and setting oh fire to it, which allowed so him helpful. to yeah, um, yeah. get his... Wow. Uh, that, is, that is very Red Dead. That reminds me of... Like in a similar way, that house on the if you haven't played Red Dead, I don't want to spoil this one, but the pig farm in Red Dead, oh, mm-hmm. the yeah. the couple, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, um, yeah, I love that sort of thing. I can't. Mm-hmm. That's probably the bit I'm looking forward to most about this game. I I'm still undecided whether I'm going to do a lot of the side stuff on my initial playthrough or just mainline it and see the story. Mm-hmm. I haven't decided yet how much how into the mainline story I am yet because I haven't seen a lot of it. So the thing that's interesting about that mainline story, so as I say, it starts in Norway and then you kind of ship out after it's sort of set up why you want to leave Norway and why you want to go to England. Mm -hmm. And then you get there and it's obviously, you might have seen that a lot of it is to do with building a camp which I guess is very similar to, you know how Ezio had his uh, his homestead in Assassin's Creed 2? yeah. Yeah, it's a bit like a much larger version of that. But that also acts as your Red Dead camp. Like, everything feeds back into that. It's kind yes. of like, I've done and I've completed the first stuff, which is the Kingdom of Mercia, and I've dealt with their political problems. And that kind of then leads you back to your camp, how that has, you know, you've now got new people that have come to your camp. That unlocks new things that you can do in the game and sort of then point you on well let's go far sort of east england now and i'll go and deal with their problems and see what solving their problems will contribute to my basically invasion of england have you um my main problem with origins and odyssey was the fact you couldn't really mainline it like main missions basically you just you were just under leveled unless you did several side yeah. missions to get up to level. in this game can you just go main mission to main mission yeah they've sort of scrapped a lot the interesting thing is it's still definitely an rpg but it feels more like an rpg in the way it's built to tell story than the way that mm-hmm. its mechanics works so you know when in in those two games you kill people and they'd just be dropping loot all over the place like you were playing Destiny? So mm-hmm. it's very rare you actually get weapons now. And when you do get weapons, they're things that you smith. So you have, like, you know, for lack of a better word, a longer relationship with your favourite axe. Or this right. shield is something I really like, so I'm going to put a lot of effort into it. So that sort of stuff has been muted down. The storytelling side of it is actually much closer to the way that The Witcher does it, where kind of like each of the main sort of storylines for the kingdoms have choices that you have to make. You know, we're talking, are you going to kill people? And if you don't, like, I've had my life made substantially easier by a certain choice that I had made. And if I'd made a different choice, I would have had what are called the zealots chasing me around, which are, you know, the mercenaries from Odyssey that used to, like... So there are the, this game's equivalent to the Zealots, which are horseback knights. If you can imagine, like, the Black Knight from Monty Python, but right. it's, it, you know, it can take a fair few flesh wounds. Yeah. Um, so, but a choice that I made meant that I don't have them on my back as much. Um, mm-hmm. So there are kind of big choices, but because you don't have... Because the side quests are these discovery points on the map that you do sort of, when you get there and then to them, it's not like, I get here, there's a man that's like, oh seven regions across i've got a cave full of rats that i need you to do so you're like well i was going this way but now i'm gonna have to go that way to kill all the rats to get the meager xp you're offering those side quests are done like at the point that you find them so it means that you spend a lot more time like en route to the stuff that you are doing as part of the main quest if you decide not to do those 
there's not level gating to anywhere you want to go. The kind of areas have what are called power recommendations. So the better gear you have, the higher power rating mm-hmm. your character is. But that's essentially you do have a certain choice where you want to go in the quest because it's like here are the kingdoms. Which one are you going to pledge to? And so obviously the sense is you pledge to the ones that are within your power sort of scope. But certainly the first two I could have done, like they don't give you all of the kingdoms straight away. And the first two I could have chosen were within power limits. So it's not like it's gating it in that way. And you don't have the assassination problem anymore where you can't assassinate people that are higher level than you because you don't really have a level. And there are like elite enemies that can't be assassinated in one go but you can unlock a skill that kills them in one go well i was also going to say you have a choice at the start don't you to turn just every assassination yeah you can turn auto assassination on can't you to Mm -hmm. make it like an old school assassins game i didn't do it because they do put in brackets this is not the way it was meant designed to be played yeah and i want to play it the way it's designed to be played but i can see the appeal of that at the same Mm -hmm. time so i know a lot of people have that problem with recent assassins yeah and you can see that that's exactly why that option is there i do worry that at one point there's going to be a boss battle that they'll have wanted you to have snuck in and attempted to assassinate them and then you get a really cool boss battle that you just wouldn't get if you assassinate them Mm -hmm. right off so i've gone with their suggestion because i want to see it how it was designed to be played in the same Um, way that i've got that you know how your main character can just swap between male and that's what i was going to ask so like i've i went for that because it said the default option Mm -hmm. is yeah it was depending on which whichever way it lines with the story it'll swap between male and female i'm not quite sure how that's working yet but i've also seen some people say it's better to just pick one and stick with it because you'll feel much more attached to them. Well, so I'm 25 hours in, it still hasn't done a swap yet. And so it automatically at the start gives you female Eivor. And Mm -hmm. for me now, that's who that character is. So I'm going to leave it on until I see when it swaps to male because I'm interested where narratively that happens and if there's a good reason for it. But I will probably then swap back to female. And originally i was intending on probably having it as male just because of the kind of the gruff viking aesthetic is you know Mm -hmm. everyone wants a beard to be a viking but now like for me that character is who she is so i Mm. think i'll i'll be sticking Mm -hmm. yeah i can't wait to play more of that um i'm gonna i feel that's the one i'm juggling between a few games like i said that is that is up the top of the one i'm gonna commit to but uh yeah, there's there's a, there's a few games around on that. There's a lot to get through before Cyberpunk comes out in a month. Oh god, time. I forgot that's coming. <laughs> it's weird because let's face it, yeah, that's like, going to be the one that sucks up. Yeah, oh, god, there's no way I'm not playing that one. Yeah. Um. So we what midway? Well, yeah, almost midway through November. Where does that rank in your kind of games of the year? Because you you're very glowing, like more yeah. glowing than our review. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, I. I genuinely think it's one of the best games I've played this year. Like, And I know that, obviously, I've still got a lot more to see of it, and it will be interesting to see how how fresh those systems play. And like, I think it's incredibly well-written, and it's very, very funny. Like, Absolutely hats off to Darby McDevitt and his writing team, because yep. it's probably the best-written Assassin's Creed I've ever played. Okay. Um, and I've played them all. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I... I did the preview for for Valhalla and came away quite interested with what they were doing with the story because of that Witcher choice sort of stuff. 
but in general was not too fussed everywhere else i didn't actually think it looked all that nice when i played it at preview the combat was good but slightly off in timing and um in general felt a bit much like oh it's going to be odyssey again because they didn't show me any of like how the side quest worked and so for me it was very much like watchdogs at the top then i was interested in uh immortals phoenix rising and then for ubisoft valhalla was kind of at the bottom it's absolutely swept on its head now because I enjoyed what I like. I've played all of um, Watch Dogs and I enjoyed it and I admire it for what it's doing, but that kind of just fell straight to the bottom. I've kind of done my 25 right. hours with it and now sort of not that fussed. Assassins has genuinely bowled me over. I'm so surprised and it looks gorgeous. It plays so well on Series X. Like, I'm sure it's the same yep. for PS5 when you know when you get that upgrade out. Um, well, that's Matt's game of the generation yeah. sorted. Well, We've already it's, it's sorted not, it. Not my game of the go. generation, but like <laughs> seven years to go, we've called it. <laughs> in, in terms of what I've played this year, like there, it's probably not my. I think Doom Eternal is actually still clocking in as my favourite of the year. Really? Okay, yeah, um, I've still got I've still got The Last of Us. Yeah, uh, and then yeah. Hades, I think. But yeah, so, it's it's a strong year. Mm-hmm. So I was going to, we were going to talk about this later in the podcast, but one of my definite games of uh, the year so far is Age of Calamity, because Mm -hmm. as a Zelda fan, and I I have no history with Dynasty Warriors, so I couldn't tell you if it's doing exactly what Dynasty Warriors Well, we kind of, last week, Joe talked a bit from a Dynasty Warriors angle, so now we get yours from a Zelda angle. And and I I just want to preface this because there is a lot of things wrong with it. Like, the (laughs) Switch cannot handle that many people being thrown mm. around and all of mm. the, the stuff going. It just, a lot of the time, it cannot handle it. But as a way of discovering more about that world, the hundred years before Breath of the Wild is set, it does a brilliant job of, A, getting all of the characters spot on, like Rivali is still that arrogant prick. Um, Daruk is just the nicest. I'd love to go for a pint with Daruk because I think he'd be <laughs> a brilliant person to hang out with or you'd probably get weird looks. Um, and um, it, it just captures Breath of the Wild, even though it's such a different experience to play. But like everything in there is is similar, like, you know, the way the weapons work. They don't break, but you get weapons with each drop. And then similar to what you were saying, Matt, actually what you do is then take it to a blacksmith to fuse them with other weapons. So you do get that connection with the weapon um, that you perhaps you didn't have, at least at the beginning of Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. But then you also get to play as all the different characters. So I can only talk about the first two chapters um, because of embargoes. But I've played as like all of the four main champions, uh, Zelda, Link, and Impa. And although their skill set is basically light attack, heavy attack, magic, mm-hmm. etc., they're all subtly different. And it's it just, honestly, it's it was my surprise game. And nice. I didn't expect to like it as much as I, as I do. I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely going to give it a go. I think that's another Christmas game for me at the moment. I'm eyeing that and probably Immortals up for my Christmas break. Mm-hmm. Um, See, I booked a week off like just as Cyberpunk was intending to land. But mm. actually quite... That comes out on the 20th, doesn't it? I think, I think it is the 20th, yeah. So fine, if I can't play Cyberpunk, I'll play that as well. The one thing I'd like to know Al, about it is I'm, I am interested in that playing you know against thousands of enemies and stuff like that i'm more interested in it from the idea of it being like a story set in that age of you know the zelda history which we got teases of in zelda's narration in the original game but 
sounded it's like when in lord of the rings when they talk about kind of like the battle of men and elves versus orcs in you know the years gone by does it have that kind of mythic kind of quality to it I wouldn't say it's as grandiose as mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I think that would be a very big step. But I do, like, th- that is the, the foundation on where it's coming from, is, like, the threat of Calamity Ganon mm-hmm. is coming. And there is, there's definitely elements of Sauron, but also of um, the Nazgul mm-hmm. and, you know, all, like, Saruman. Just the way that these, like, because there's a bunch of new characters that are in there that aren't in Breath of the Wild, uh, plus a lot that are. And and it does a brilliant job of, like, so obviously I've not seen anything of Ganon so far. And I don't know, I haven't finished the game, so I don't know what whether we're going to get to the point where the game ends when Link gets shut in the, whatever the thing is, he starts in Breath of the Wild. Or mm-hmm. I would love for it to be that journey. But that's a whole lot to squeeze into. You want into. almost like a Rogue One style uh just transition exactly ends as soon as it starts <laughs> absolutely but like um but like in terms of the battles themselves like it, it's it's very formulaic in that you fight lots of grunts and then you'll get to an outpost where there'll be a big bad which wizard robe or a um a troll thingy i can't remember what they're called but then you get the Lionels and some of the bigger guys and there's mm-hmm. again some things that i've played that i can't talk about that was like that's very, very cool. And then it started making me think of all the other stuff that I've seen in Breath of the Wild. It's like, are you going to go that far? And I don't know. But mm-hmm. like like I say, it feels like the, the purest non-Zelda game, non-Zelda Zelda game that I've played. Um, nice. And even aesthetically, it, it nails the look and feel um, of, of that world. And, yeah, I think that there's, there's something to be said about like that studio having not worked on the original Zelda to be able to perfect that art style and make it look like it was made by the people that made the original. Yeah. Like, I think there to... must have been a big crossover because it's it's mm. so on the money. Like, have um, they got the Zelda music as well? Yep, it... um, there's a lot of the Zelda music. Um, it's even things like I wrote about in the preview. Like it, it, It's very, like you get the whole of the map and it's not explorable because it's not an open world game like Zelda. Like you get missions that pop up as you progress, uh, but then if you go over to like Hyrule Field, that looks exactly like Hyrule Field would look in Breath of the Wild, or even nice. though it's a contained map. But then, like as you're fighting, if you chop down trees, then they'll drop apples. Whereas if you're fighting in Gerudo Desert and you chop down a drop down a palm tree, then uh, mighty bananas will fall. So it's all again, it's it's and and then like all of the the cooking, the recipes are used for um, damage modifiers before you go into battle. But, like, I know that I need to get, like, some various fish to do this plus five damage. But I'm like, right, where do I get that from? And I know it's, it's going to be in the desert somewhere, but I've got to find which retail, which shop s- sells it, or mm-hmm. which mission I get it from as a reward and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's very cleverly done. You need to get all yeah. those uh, durian fruits. Oh, honestly, it, it's, it is in that respect. Like you look at all of the inventory and how much stuff you've collected. It's like, God, I'm so doing this game. Like it, I'm, I'm interested to know how long it is. I, I can only talk about the first two chapters. I'm twice as far as that so far, but I don't feel like I've scratched the surface in terms of where we're supposed to be going in terms of story. I'm nice. excited. Genuinely excited yeah, about that. Yeah. You should be. <laughs> <laughs> But obviously, the other big thing that's happening this week is the first of the next-gen consoles launched. But, like, Cardi, you've had yours, I think, the longest out of either Matt and Uh, I. 
I've had the PS3 for about three... PS3? PS3? <laughs> <laughs> PS3. Yeah. Had it a while. <laughs> We're on the PS3, aren't we? Um, I've had the PS5 for about three weeks now, maybe. Maybe even longer than that. Maybe even four. I don't know. And I've had, had the Series X for uh, four days now? No. Uh, no, when so did it come out? Two days ago. Yes. I've had it for two days. It feels longer. <laughs> and you got um, your S a while ago, didn't you, Matt? Yeah, so I've had the S. That came in as part of the first kind of um, review set. So I've maybe had that three weeks now. If yep. anybody's jealous of everybody else, I won't get my PlayStation until it comes out. Like, I'm with everybody else listening at home on PlayStation. Yeah. Well, we're in that awkward spot at the moment where we, we're kind of doing all our coverage and stuff because it's out in America. We're recording this on Thursday, uh, yep. Monica, and it's out today in America and Australia. Japan, New Zealand, and Canada. I think that's something right. like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's not obviously not out here in the UK and the rest of Europe till next Thursday. So, yeah, we're wary of. We're not going to spoil anything, but we do have a lot of questions at the end from people. So that'll be good. So the most recent thing you've been playing, Cardi, is Bug Snacks, which is, is it on? Uh, it's one of <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, well um, again, you're fortunate because you've you've pretty much played every single launch game. I think. For at Certainly least ten minutes, party. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you reviewed Bug Snacks, so hopefully you played I that did, for longer. <laughs> I did, I did. I played that for almost ten hours. Um, Bug Snacks is out already, so if you have a PS4 or a PC, you can get it now. It is free on PlayStation Plus on PS5 until January, I think. So you've got time. Yes, yeah. And even if you don't have your PS5 yet, you can still add it to your library and have it free forever. So, so I couldn't download it on PS5 yesterday. So when, on the store, it said it couldn't find it. And I wonder if that's uh, just because it's the European store. You should be able to today because it's launched okay. now. I think it was locked until today. Um, but yeah, Bug Snacks is a surprising game. I was on Beyond this week already, so I'm sorry if you've already listened to that because I'm going to say very similar stuff that I said there because surprisingly my thoughts are the same as they were a what? couple of days ago but Unbelievable. um gave it an eight it's it's great it's it surprised me because i think when everyone first saw bug snacks they heard the song they saw the trailer, and went this looks a bit kooky is it going to be a good game uh which i think is fair because i enjoyed octodad i didn't love it i thought it was one of those that was fun for half an hour to an hour and you're like i've seen this i'm over it sort of thing yeah whereas bug snacks is just a lot deeper it's much more of a fully fledged game than i think octodad was it has about a six to seven hour story if you mainline it which is at its core it's a mystery you land on this island snack tooth island and you're there as a journalist to kind of document bug snacks this new discovery of kind of insects that are also food (laughs) that when you eat transform like one of your limbs into that food it's all very bizarre and the person who told it to turning your arms into sausages it's just it's just what happens it's a side effect of eating them Matt. you don't really have a choice (laughs) because it's the only food on the island it's the only source of food but they're hard to catch what's going on here there's a there's a story to tell here, Matt. I'm not going to say what's happening on the island. Um, but basically, you're told to come to the island by Elizabeth Megafig, who is a. Yeah, at that point, <laughs> alarm bells start ringing. There's there's a lot of great names in this uh, game, and Cromdo Face is one of my favourite. I just like that someone's surname is Face, uh, which made me laugh. Um, but yeah, basically, she is a like an archaeologist slash explorer but kind of a disgrace one like she's famous but she's not particularly good if you know what i mean she's kind of like a poor man's indiana jones but she's gone missing on the island basically and she was kind of 
the the villagers kind of leader she was the leader of the town and she's gone missing so all the other grumpuses which what the race of creature that you, you talk to all absolutely <laughs> mad i didn't well i didn't write this um the grumpuses is what you are and it's basically what humans are in this universe they're kind of furry humans that walk around um They've all gone off to different parts of the island because the village is basically dissembled because without their leader, they're all panicking, basically. So your job is to get all these people back to the village, back to Snacksburg, the capital of Snacktooth Island, by completing tasks for them, which often include finding these bug snacks, which there's over a 100 of, catching them by first taking a picture of them, which does feel good with the adaptive trigger on a, on a dual sense, I will say. That feels okay. great. Um, and then basically they're simple it's simple puzzles it's you know it's just like a basic one is say a bunga which is a burger uh essentially a walking burger loves ketchup so to catch them you've basically what you want to do is stun the burger the bunga even sorry by hitting another bunga with ketchup with a slingshot and making them run into each other therefore stunning them and you're able to pick them up and catch them it's, it's I think simple puzzle point, mechanics like that. You're just saying words now. <laughs> well, <laughs> None of know, it is making any sense. I'm not spoiling because, do you know what? The, great, the, the gameplay itself is not revolutionary. It's fun, it's novel, but it's the story itself and the characters that are the great thing. Like, What surprises you that like below all this just absurdity and stupidity is genuinely some excellent writing and some heartfelt characters? Like These are fully-fledged characters with like actual like serious issues i kind of compared it to it's like a pixar film you know if you watch a film like toy story or inside out like on the surface it's a fun kids film with lots of colors but actually all those characters are complex and have like relationship issues mental health issues like there's a lot of that going on it's Mm. done in a really excellent way i think but yeah i don't want to this the story, let's just say, doesn't go where you think it's going to okay. go. It takes some turns. I'm not going to say where it goes. There's a lot of rumours about what this game actually is. But, yeah, I don't want to spoil it because people should experience bug snacks for themselves. But also, I think it's, again, a really good move to put it on PS Plus because it's one exactly. of those games that like needs to be played to be enjoyed. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think it's got that similar sort of Fall Guys effect, hasn't it? It's got a brilliant, like marketing push behind it they've done well with like all the social stuff having that song whether you hate or love the bug snacks song it took the internet by storm and you know people still love it so yeah it's one of those games i think has people attention especially on ps plus even if you just try it for half an hour you might go this isn't for me yeah but you know i'd 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 urge you to give it a go because i think it will surprise you and then the other one, well, like, I would say the polar opposite of that is that you've also played a lot of Call of Duty. <laughs> yes, so I'm reviewing Call of Duty multiplayer, which in many ways won't surprise you. Uh, right. You're getting Call of Duty, but um, I'm reviewing the multiplayer, which I'll be reviewing over the next few days, and I'll put a final review out next week once I've had time to see how the servers are and how it's actually playing in live conditions. But I've also, last night, managed to finish the campaign. I believe our review's out for that already. Um I think it's a very good Call of Duty campaign. I enjoyed it. The story it tells is not an original one by any means. You could probably guess what's going to happen at some point. Okay. I would say they've kind of copied 
quite a well-known story from another game, which as soon as it happens in the game, you'll be like, I almost can't believe they've done exactly what happens in that game. I mean, it's kind of like the first Black Ops is when you get to that moment, you're like, oh, you've copied this. I don't, <laughs> am I allowed to spoil the original Black Ops now, a game from over I, 10 years ago? I feel like you could, because this game is a direct sequel to that Black Ops. Right. So if anything, mm. it's background for this. Okay, well, that like the first Black Ops isn't, I quite like its cheek on this, but it, it, it's Fight Club. It's absolutely mm-hmm. Fight Club. Yeah. Um, and that's a kind of got a moment like, oh, wow, you're doing this. Oh, you're really doing this. So you kind of get that at the end of this uh, as well, but I'm not saying it's Fight Club again, mm-hmm. but you get a similar feeling. Um, but I will say there, some of the best missions in this one, obviously it's set in 1981. There's a few flashbacks to the 60s as well. It's set during the Cold War, and your job basically is to find Perseus, who's this like sleeper, who's this Russian like agent working in the US, and. He's trying to blow up the world, essentially. So it's your typical Cold War, mutually assured destruction story. Um, but yeah, you're kind of globetrotting around trying to find this Perseus. And some of the best missions in the games are actually the quieter ones when you're doing more of the stealth, like spying stuff. There's a couple that actually feel a bit James Bondy in the way they oh, work. Good. And I'm not going to... like. I feel like the last three or four missions are probably the best when it gets going. Uh, I don't want to... I'm just going to spoil what happens or where they take place. But, yeah, without giving it away, I feel like... Yeah, I feel like it's best almost when it's quiet because the other, like, more traditional Call of Duty missions where it's like, go to a place and kill 500 people in this facility. Mm. It feels good, especially on the PS5 because they've done the whole adaptive trigger treatment to all the guns. They do feel different. There's sections like where you have a bow and arrow and it's also a kill streak in multiplayer and the bow and arrow feels great as well. They're kind of like explosive um, arrows. So it's quite a cool kill streak. But yeah, there's also multiple endings and they're genuinely mm. like... So I finished it last night and then I replayed like the last half an hour or so to see how different I could make it. And it's considerably... Like it's not even just like you know, the end shot's different. Like, the whole ending of the game is completely different. Like, you think, oh, are they going to go there? And they do actually go there and commit, which I do give them credit for, because sometimes I feel like in... I I do like Call of Duty overall, but, like, sometimes they make big setups in their stories and in their games, and then they don't quite pay off at the end. Mm. They kind of take... kind of just take the middle road and go, like, and this is the end. It was either... No one really won, whereas... In this ending, you know, peop- either side can kind of win. How does so that? How does it present itself? If you can tell us without spoiling. Would you, it. Um, like, how do you go from that good ending to that other ending to the other ending? So the last like two to three missions all kind of lead. Like, there's a point of no return. They all kind of lead into one another, and there's choices you'll have to make basically, and you right. can choose to say one thing or the other, and it will lead. Down so it's through dialogue paths. choice. It's through dialogue choice and through gameplay choice as well. So okay. there's... I'm trying to not spoil it. There's some cool okay. missions towards the end that do different stuff that Call of Duty doesn't normally do. What I'd want to know from that, is it a case of it's a it's a linear campaign to the point where there's a fork in the road and you decide yes. what ending you get? It's not that there are multiple choices throughout the game that tally up. No. There are little ones. So, like, it's in the first mission of the game. In the end of the first mission, you can basically choose do you want to capture this person or kill this person? During the end, like, cutscene of the game, it'll it'll give, like, a little bit of dialogue that may be different. It'll be like, 
oh, it's good we caught this person because now this isn't a threat. Right. Like, that has minor implications where it's towards the end of the game. You'll you'll notice there'll be a clear choice right. and you get to make this big decision, basically. But it's really cool. And, yeah, there's, like, lots of little nods and Easter eggs, which I'm enjoying, which kind of link into other Call of Duty games, which I won't, because if you're a Call of Duty fan, you won't want that spoiled, obviously. But, yeah, I I thought it was a very good Call of Duty campaign. And... I think people will enjoy it because it does things different. I prefer Modern Warfare overall when it comes to Call of Duty, but I'm enjoying this Black Ops. Well, I did enjoy this Black Ops campaign quite a lot. I really enjoyed Modern Warfare's campaign from last year. Mm-hmm. I, thought it was, <clears throat> I thought it was excellent. Yeah. Um, so I'm keen to kind of see where this goes. I'm also interested yeah. because this is... I know that Treyarch is the name that's on the box and that'll be the thing that people gravitate to, but this campaign was actually built by Raven Software and they've never had time in the limelight before. And kind of I'm interested to play a, a, a campaign that's actually built by a studio that's only ever been support on Call of Duty and suddenly yeah. they get to be a lead on a massive part of it. Mm. Yeah, and they, they do try new stuff to their credit as well. Like you have your little like base of operations at times and there's there are a couple of side missions that require you to have found evidence in other main missions in order to unlock like the clues you need to solve like there's a Soviet site Soviet cipher at at one point you have to solve, which took me too long because as I assumed in my head, this is Call of Duty, it's not gonna be too hard. And it wasn't actually that hard. I was looking far too deep into what all these symbols meant. Whereas all I needed to do was look at a set of six numbers. So <laughs> But there we that go. That would be funny if you've got this kind of mindless gameplay up until this point where it's just this impossible well, challenge. Yeah. But no. Oh well. Uh two more games that you've been playing on PS five, Demon Souls and Sackboy's Adventures. Yes, again, two very similar again. games. It's a um, it's a diverse launch lineup, right? It's let's, actually very good. Let's uh, this yeah, let's just as a as a kind of broad point, the PS five launch lineup is amazing, I think. Like this is the best launch lineup I can remember anyway. Plus you've got all the PlayStation Plus collection games, so you've got some of the yes. best PlayStation Four games. Like, I'm impressed with my Series X. I think it's, from what I've played so far, it's smoother, it's more powerful. But if you have Game Pass, it, you've got a lot of games to play, but there's a lot of games on Game Pass I've already played that I don't need to play. So I'm just kind of, at the moment, I'm playing Yakuza and Valhalla. I did try NBA on my Series X, and that looks Val- that looks like real life. Mm-hmm. Let's but, not let's right. not forget that Valhalla is technically a launch title. It might not. Be it is a title, thingy, but, what, but you can play that on PlayStation as well. Is what I'm saying. Like the PlayStation Five launch lineup, I think is just better, in my opinion. Anyway. But um, Demon Souls is a big part of that. I think so. I've I was going to say famously, it's not well documented, is it? I'm not a big Souls <laughs> person. I've tried all of them for anywhere between two to four hours each time um i've played the first two out like an hour and a half two hours of it last night i defeated my first boss it's actually going okay um i was helped out by my friends daniel Cooper. i don't know if you know him and uh Tamar hussein doesn't know anything about that game so we actually tried out the new share screen system on the ps5 which actually apparently works amazingly like tam and Cooper, they were both playing demon souls while having me playing demon souls pinned in the bottom right so they could just help me out if i needed to know what to do on something so that was nice so i'm getting my own little mini uh prepared to try here so yeah there but no go. one else can see it 
what, what a treat what, for everyone what level of patron are you on i <laughs> know oh, it's incredible um but yeah demon souls is like valhalla is a very close second but demon souls is the most visually impressive game i've seen so far on next gen and it runs so smoothly i will say i'm playing it in performance mode which i think for me is the only way to play that game at the moment because i tried it in quality mode for a bit which it maybe looks marginally better and runs at 30 but i think it's it's struggling to run at a smooth 30 even like it's really? quite choppy i don't know if that's just because i'm coming from 60 to 30 and it's just jarring but it does like it plays like you'd expect an old dark souls or demon souls play it's quite chuggy right. at times but yeah playing that game in 60 frames like it feels great and it looks incredible i'm a, i'm barely into it and i'm not really an authority on these games but mm. i'm having a great time but so far i'm enjoying that it's on from what i've seen so far anyway it's a lot simpler than dark souls or bloodborne like it's very clear like go to this area kill a big boss come back like they're distinct areas it's more of a traditional game it's not like an interconnected world where you can get lost all the time and go the Mm. wrong way and get confused as much which i'm enjoying i feel like it's a good place to get into these games yeah i mean it was the starting point of these games wasn't it so i feel like this could be the one that i finally i think i said this with bloodborne and i said it was sekiro this could be the one that finally cracks it and gets me into these games so, but, like, yeah. you're a big Souls fan, Matt, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I am. I'm very like. I don't want to come across as like I'm jealous of Cardi being able to play it, but it is kind of like the wait feels long now. Now that I know yes. that other people <laughs> have got it, like that's long. But like, I'm fine. I've got Valhalla, and I love that, so that's keeping me occupied. Um, but I am very excited because Demon Souls is the is the first one I ever bought, and uh, like Cardi, I think I got a couple of hours into it, and it wasn't actually until Bloodborne that. I kind of found my patience for the the combat systems in these games and then kind of went backwards and then went back to Dark Souls and then through to Dark Souls 3. I've not actually done Dark Souls, well, a lot of Dark Souls 2. Um, so Demon Souls is kind of going to be a coming back to something that basically just absolutely flat out defeated me. Um, it has <laughs> so you, a never finished, you never finished Demon Souls? No, no, no. I've got very, very few hours into okay. it. As like, It came out when I was... How old would I have been? It was on PS3. I just yeah. absolutely didn't, yeah, didn't yeah. have the patience for it at all at that point. But now I've learned how to play these games and my appreciation for them has, you know, 100 timefold kind of increased. Yeah. I yeah. am looking forward to actually playing it in a point where, like, I think... I think Bloodborne looks incredible and I think Dark Souls 3 look incredible, but they've never been cutting edge. They just have astonishing art design. To have excellent art design coupled with cutting edge graphics technology, that's very exciting. 60 frames per second, which is really how those games should be played because of the the reaction speed that you need. preciseness, yeah, as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm very excited to it. I think Demon's Souls has a reputation of being quite obtuse later on, so I'm interested to see what they've done. But the thing is, is like I know that Bluepoint have put like it's over 120 videos, I think, into the user guide thing. You know, the nice. activity cards that you can mm-hmm. bring up that have like the, the yeah. walkthrough stuff in. That is going to come in very handy, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited I, to see that. I'm in awe of Bluepoint. I think they're incredible. Like the work they did on Shadow of Colossus yeah. Yeah. was amazing. And yeah, what they've done to this game as well, like, well done to them. Like. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I think technically they're on a level of like Naughty Dog, like in terms of actual just video game tech. Like, mm-hmm. 
they're up there. Um, I'll briefly talk about Sackboy in his big adventure as well, because I've only played like an hour of that as well. But that's just that's just a nice little bit of fun, isn't it? It's, it's very joyful. It's got that little big planet aesthetic, but you're in a 3D platformer, which okay. is delightful. It looks incredible as well. Like the detail on like all the different textures of fabric as well is just it's ridiculous. The music's great. Does it's it just um, kind of utilize the sort of dual sense as well as Astro? Does. It has a bit of rumble and it does use the triggers. So far from what I've seen, there's like a little bit to it. There's not a, I haven't seen a lot of that yet, but I'm barely right. through it. But I think the most exciting thing is that it's kind of it's a great family game for launch as well. You've got they haven't added the online co-op that's coming later in the year, but you've got the co- uh, couch co-op if you want. And I feel like that's just seeing as we're waiting for Lego Star Wars, kind of it's this year's almost sort of Lego yeah. game to play with the family. So. Yeah. So one of my friends is buying a PS5, and, right. and you do forget the expense of it all because he's got three kids, and he was just asking me what should I get with it, and I was like, well, maybe one more controller. So you've got two. It's like I've got three kids; they have to have a controller each, even if they're not using them. It's like, oh, it's like an extra hundred and twenty quid straight yeah. there, seventy quid a game. So I'm obviously I'm like every single recommendation. I was like, it's got to be the best thing in the world ever. Yeah. Well, at but least like, that one they could all play together. <laughs> That's a good shout because you know I was going to sort of suggest Miles Morales, but like his youngest is seven or eight, and I think mm-hmm. Miles Morales is what yeah might 12, be twelve, might even be a sixteen. Yeah. I'm not sure, um, but no, I think Sapphire is the one. It's the one for everyone. It's it, it's just it's good. It's a solid platform. I haven't played enough to say much more than that. But yeah, yeah. good stuff. But then obviously you get Astro with it, which exactly. from mm-hmm. what I've played so far, oh, Astro is excellent. I love that game. Well, that is our roundup of this week's big next-gen releases. Obviously, next week we finally get PS5 here. So, Matt, you'll have yours and you can talk about it on next week's podcast. Hey. Oh. I mean, will I have had it long enough to... Like, I think I'll have just got it out of the box right now by well, the time we record. That's the same as me. All I've done so far is uh, unpack it, literally step back in amazement at how big the bloody thing is. Yeah. Listen to my wife go, what the fuck is that? Because <laughs> it's, its design is definitely one of those, you either love it or hate it. Yeah, I don't like it at all. No, no I don't I'm, mind it. I really don't. Like, it's tucked away on its side somewhere. It's fine for me. I, yeah. I don't mind it. Um, very quick question for you, Max. I forgot to ask it a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Did you actually exercise your exorcist demons this Halloween? I did, yeah. I How was it? Like, I thought it was terrifying. Absolutely fucking... <laughs> like, I don't know, Al, did you listen to the podcast where I explained I have, I have my no theory? idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um, so just to catch people up, um, back um, when we were talking about what we were going to do for Halloween, I was talking about the fact that all my life I've been terrified of The Exorcist. This is because my dad had it when it was first allowed to be released on VHS, and my mum bought it him for a Christmas or a birthday and the first thing that was sort of said when he unwrapped it was turning to me as like, you never put this in the VHS player. <laughs> and so it's always been this kind of almost like the Necronomicon for me, like yeah. this, the, yeah. this, you know, cursed object. And so, yeah, for years I was like, I should watch it, but I'm terrified of it. And I can't even look at like Reagan, like when she's in the makeup, when Linda yeah. Blair's done up, I find it very, very difficult to see. Did you like when she says, uh, your mother sucks, sucks cocks, cocks in, hell? in hell? I mean, <laughs> that's I a good line, isn't it? Funny. Like, I think it's a great... So I actually <laughs> think the film is phenomenal because it's like, it's to me, it is oh, one of the scariest great. films I've watched. Yeah. Um, really simple concepts, well executed. Um, all that stuff that people say now of like, oh, it's just funny now. 
scared the absolute living really? shit out of me. Oh, I think some of it's funny. Like, when she bursts out with stuff like that, to me, that makes me laugh. No, the stuff like when, <laughs> when, they, when they first come in and the bed is rocking and mm-hmm. her mum has to hold it down, like, it just absolutely... And, like, I am... As we were discussing on that podcast, there's not actually a huge amount in horror films that genuinely frightens me. The only one that has recently is The Babadook which right. is partially because I watched it at half past 11 at night on a winter's evening when no yeah. one was in the house. Um, it it but, shares yeah. a bit with The Exorcist, the bad in a way. Because it's, creepy it's problematic children. children, yeah. And I think that's the thing, is that you go through this series of, like, you just don't know what's wrong with her, even though you as an audience know where it's going to. Mm. And like, mm-hmm. when they take her into the hospital and she has all the, the brain scans done and it's all done in with very old machines, even that put me on edge because... Like, I don't want to be a, like, 12-year-old kid stuck in that, yeah. you know, ancient mm-hmm. version of an MRI scan. And, yeah, and just kind of, like, the because it was all shot in a freezer, so they got all the breath coming out of them when they're in the room, and that makeup, I think, is still absolutely stands up today. Yeah. The pea soup, I didn't think was funny at all, because I was expecting it, <laughs> by the way people had said, for it to be, like, this ridiculous stream. I just thought it was quite horribly realistic when they did it. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Fantastic, but... Exorcist review. Yeah. He's finally done it. He'll be proud. <laughs> hey. Lives in my nightmares forevermore. <laughs> uh, well, from one nightmare to another, <laughs> it's this week's endless search. Inside, it's a UK IGN crew. Yeah, 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 on the ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I've got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, on the ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I've got a question for you. Is it in the search? This week's quiz is sent in by Mike Hyam. Uh, and it is in game locations and where they're from. Hmm. So I will give you. The name of a location. It's not going to be as easy as Hyrule because that'd be ridiculous. <laughs> and you've got to tell me what game it's from. Uh, the game okay. itself is called. Oh, where is it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Simple. Uh, and not only that, he sent an Excel document that's got calculated cells that oh, allow me to keep to score, which is like hats off. Yeah, that is yeah. honestly we'll Mike. Appreciate that. That is it's first class. <laughs> now the only question I've got for you two because I know question? that. No, no, no. There's five questions. But Matt, I heard that you were a bit of a taskmaster with your <laughs> scoring. So, like, we've got very specific games here. Yeah, and, okay. and obviously some of them are from franchises. Mm-hmm. I want to hear... The name. The name. The full name. And <laughs> okay. only that name. Uh, okay, yeah. There we go. Got it? Yeah, yeah, As yeah it I should be. It. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. so I'm, I will read out. I'll go through them. And then if you've got an answer... Simply shout and tell me, and whoever goes first uh, will get the points. So there's five clues, obviously, going down. If you get it on the first one, you get five points. Second one, four (laughs) points, et cetera. Are you ready? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. First one. Private collection room. (laughs) Hmm. Hmm. Private collection. Nope. Batman Arkham City. Nope. Hitman 2. Nope. Nah. Next one. Kennel. Kennel. Residence. Simpsons Evil? Hit and Run. 
I'm no. not. I'm going to be completely expressionless until I hear the exact game name. Resident Evil Two. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it's Resident Evil Two. <laughs> I may have given that away a little bit. Uh, by yeah. Saying that may have, t- may have taken advantage there, but do you know what? Fastest mouth there we wins. Go, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you get four points there, Cardi. So I'm going to write it down by hand. I'm, I'm yeah, old-fashioned in that respect. Uh, you also had for three points Clock Tower. Yeah. Mm. For two points, Kendo's Guns Shop. <laughs> and then for one point, Star's Office. There we go. So, currently... Probably, probably would have got it there. Probably. Obviously, I was thinking <laughs> Resi 1 because the dogs coming in through the, the window and private collection room sounded like something that would have been in Spencer Mansion. Well, thank you yeah. for the hint, anyway. Yeah, I appreciate that's that. Well, that's, well, you know the game now, and I'm going to have my best poker face that is not going to okay. say anything... Until the correct game <laughs> or game mode. What? <laughs> well, okay. Well, that's a clue for something. That is a clue. Yes. Okay. Question two. Airport. Hmm. Uh, Call of Duty Warzone. <sighs> it's five points to Simon Cardi. Uh, okay. I was about to say okay. Modern Warfare Two because that's a, a level in isn't Airport one of the multiplayer maps. Yeah. Um, no, it's called Airport. Terminal. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's Terminal. Uh, I have played about two hundred. You have hours played a lot year, so. of that. Yeah. There we go. Uh, oof, I've got to do well now, haven't I? You have got to do well. Uh, you definitely. You you know these games coming up. I think you'll be. You've got a chance. You've always got a chance <laughs> in this game, unless I get the next one. Then you don't have a chance. <laughs> and then you have no chance. Yes, exactly. But we'll still finish anyway. Uh, question three. Oh, hang on. Let's. I'll go through the other ones. Uh, for four points, TV station. Three points, dam. Two points, stadium. One point, gulag. Uh, yeah. Question three. Twin bridges. Oh, I thought like that's a good clue. Batman Arkham City. Batman Arkham Knight. Batman Arkham Asylum, Batman Arkham Orange. Come off it. Stop it. <laughs> well, you said poker face. I have to say them all now. <laughs> all right, okay. Matt, do you want to have six guesses before I move uh, on? <laughs> nah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Matt? Okay. Uh, for four points, Chocolate Island. <laughs> well, it's not Batman. <laughs> I mean, no, it's not. I don't know. There might have been... Uh, that could have been Condiment King. famous enemy, yeah. <laughs> And Condiment King is a guy, and chocolate could be a condiment if you melt it down. Yeah, uh, yeah. Chocolate uh, Island, Super Mario Four Odyssey, points. Super Mario Sunshine, <laughs> Super Mario Galaxy, <laughs> Super Galaxy Mario Two. 3D World. He's <laughs> <laughs> not moving on, so it's a Mario, <laughs> Super Mario 3D World for three points. Forest of Illusion. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild? No? What's the forest called in that? Forest of Illusion. Chocolate Island. (laughs) What do you think? Shame. We've got Twin Bridges, Chocolate Island, and Forest of Illusion. Ocarina of Time? I don't don't know my old Zeldas. It's a real blind spot for me, so it could be any of those. All right. Any last guesses before I move on? Let's go. For two points, Star World. Uh, <laughs> Mario Party? Five? 
<laughs> Gotta laugh uh, at it. Super Mario it Bros. Like 3. Super Mario Bros. 2. Super Mario 3D World. Super Mario. Super Mario World. That's it. There, uh, we, go. there we go. On the right track <laughs> Mario, but... There's a lot of Mario, I guess. Yeah. There's a lot to go through, isn't there? That's only two, uh, isn't it? But that is... Matt, it is impossible for you to win. I gathered it would be. Let's you know, if you get both of these on five, I'll give it to you. How about this? Ooh. It'll... Yeah. Uh, the, last, the last one for one <laughs> point would have been there. Valley of Bowser. That would, have, that would have been a big hint, that. I mean, it still um, wouldn't have narrowed it down for me. I don't know so, a lot about Mario. Not to identify it by those specific games, no. Um, no. Yes. Right, question four for five points. Haunted Wasteland. Fallout 4? Fallout 3. Fallout Matt, you games. need to make some guesses. Just yeah. do some random guesses. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> randomly spouting games. That's what he's doing. I know he is. <laughs> It's, but it's not working. working. It's not working for him when he doesn't know what they are. Bloodborne, Dark Souls. <laughs> What's the place? Haunted. Haunted Wasteland. So there are games that could have that sort of thing going on, mm. aren't there? Nope. No. Mm, it's not coming now. For four points, Lost Woods. Ooh. Is is that Breath of the Wild? Uh, well, you'd have to say the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild to fit. In I with wouldn't. The no, I, I wouldn't be that anal. No, just like the. the I haven't the said Dark Souls Two. Is it that? Uh, is it, it Sekiro? Is not, it is not Sekiro. It's not Dark Souls Two. Is it Demon Souls? No. <laughs> <laughs> those both sound like they could be in those. <gasps> Witcher Three. No. <laughs> For three points. And if somebody doesn't get it now, then goddamn you all. Zora's River. I already said Breath of the Wild, didn't I? You did say Breath of the Wild. It's not Breath of the Wild. (laughs) Ocarina of Time. It is Ocarina of Time. There we go. Look, I told you this is my blind spot. I've never played it. Oh, my watch is telling me to stand up. So annoying. (laughs) Uh, for two points, you could have had Lon Lon Ranch, and then one point, Hyrule Castle. Again, would have helped. I think, <laughs> I think that uh, Zora's River I'm sure, is an I'm easier sure, clue I'm, than Lon Lon Ranch. Personally. I'm sure, I'm Maybe. sure it would be. I just, I just don't know. You haven't played the games, kind of <laughs> fucked, yeah. aren't you? <laughs> but if you know the Zoras are in Zelda. Oh, I, yeah, I, I didn't know they were in, yeah. in games before Breath of the Wild. Really? Yeah. Well, I've only played like um, Link to the Past and Phantom Hourglass and right. Twilight Princess before I played Breath of the this Wild. This last question is worth 50 points if you get it right oh, on the first go. What? <laughs> okay. This could be the biggest sweep ever if I get it. <laughs> like 84 to none. Uh, for five, sorry, for 50 points. Ancient <laughs> Forest. The Witcher 3? <laughs> Ancient Forest. Is that Dark Souls? Nope. Bloodborne? Nope. Oh. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of games with old forests in, aren't there? Yeah, but this is an ancient forest. This isn't an old forest. This is ancient. Uh, Shadow of the Colossus. No. 
not even a forest, really, is it? Oh, Kingdoms well, case, of Amalur. <laughs> <laughs> this next question is only worth four points. <laughs> oh. uh, I thought you were going to get it, Matt. Uh, cargo ship. Cargo ship. Ancient forest and a cargo ship. It's not Divinity Original Sin 2, is it? No. Uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag? Nope. <laughs> not going to go through all the flag, assassins. I'm not going to go through every single assassins. I'm not doing it. It's not an Assassin's Creed game. Okay, thank you for that. I'm just going <laughs> to stop it. <laughs> right. Uh, question uh, for three points. Uh, Mount Corel. Oh, fuck. Skyrim? Where's that? <laughs> Skyrim? No. Oh, Jesus Christ. Where's Mount Coral? <laughs> oh, is it Coral? Looks like Corel to me, but there you go. I, I'm sure you can pronounce it both ways. Who cares? Um, o- Oblivion? Nope. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm just oh, kind of in pain killing here. me. Absolutely <laughs> killing me here, Al. <laughs> All right, I'll move on quickly. I might just let it carry on, even if I don't. it. <laughs> <laughs> For two points, Cosmo Canyon. Oh, it's Final Fantasy VII. It is Final uh, Fantasy VII. Oh, there we go. There we go. Uh, and now I can see it like yeah Ancient Forest cargo ship cargo ship is very good you get to see Red 13 in a in a sailor outfit trying to stand up right <laughs> what a joy final scores on the doors Simon Cardi 14 points Matt Perslow 2 points hey <laughs> I, got, I got lucky with the first one Matt, Matt gave me a big old boost up uh, uh, the final clue would have been Midgar. Yeah, that which I think w- even I would have got that. <laughs> but should we uh, quickly? I put out the call for some PlayStation Five and Series X questions. Should we do a yeah. quick fire round of these. Quick fire Q and A. I'll go with the first one. This is from Tom Wilford. It says right. hi. I currently use my PS4 to stream things like Netflix, Disney Plus, Amazon, and others. So do I. Uh, are all of the TV apps currently available on the PS4 available on the PS5? As far as I can tell, Tom, yes, they are. I've got Netflix, Disney yep. Plus, Amazon all downloaded. Uh, Apple I TV haven't seen any. There. Yeah, I haven't seen any missing yet. Is actually is Spotify on there yet? Mm. Uh, I think it is actually because there's a little music icon on the I'm, bottom. I'm, I think it is. I'm sure. Like yeah. one of the suggestions for me was that. Um, and isn't a big one? They've now added Apple Apple TV as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't have Apple TV on my on the TV that's connected to, so mm. it's good for me. Nice. Also, if you haven't watched it, Long Way Up on Apple TV is excellent. Mm. There we go. If you like you and McGregor on a bike, mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. Okay. Uh, the next piece of feedback says uh, PS5 reviews and impressions have near universally praised the DualSense controller as one of the strongest features of the new console. Do you think it has the capacity to genuinely enhance the playing experience? Um, well, Cardi, you've used it the most, right? I, I I feel like it's more than a gimmick. I feel like it's genuinely does change up the way games feel and play. Like I was saying, Call of Duty, it does make weapons feel different in your hand, which I think is great. Rather than just looking at a screen, like you can, like the resistance between a submachine gun and when you're pulling the trigger on a sniper feels different. Which yeah. it's it's a nice touch. Like from what I've played, like in Astros, it does affect like. There's specific handholds on some levels where you have to touch them lightly to grab hold. Like it can affect the way you actually play the game as well. So I feel like for at least the foreseeable future, for at least the next year or two, like first party studios would will be taking advantage of this. So yeah. Well that's I it. I like- think I think it's got the ability 
to make games different. But the bigger question for me is how many people will actually use it. We don't know. We'll have to wait and see. We don't. Yeah, I'm certainly excited by what I heard of what Deathloop does because that's supposed to have every weapon is, is slightly different. Um, mm-hmm. But I've not, I've not, I've held a dual sense, but it wasn't turned on, so I've no idea what it's like. <laughs> um, so Fair I'm enough. patiently waiting for for that to be revealed to me. But I, I think now I'm really interested in the stuff aside, like I. UHD and and sort of like HDR graphics are all, all well and nice, but I think this generation I'm actually more interested in things like advancements in sound and advancements in like you know feeling tech and stuff like that. That mm-hmm. that's interesting to me this time. Yeah, nice. Do you want to take the next one, Matt? Sure. This one is from Mr. Andrew Wood. He says, "Hi guys. First off, I love the show. Perfect blend of gaming chat, total nonsense, drowning. It brightens my week up with every episode." <laughs> Uh, his first thing, first time writing in, he's got a question that hasn't really been discussed much over the build up to next gen because it's not big sexy details that people want to hear about. My question is: from your time with both consoles so far, I'm sure I can only do one. <laughs> uh, do you see any reason to upgrade for people who haven't made the jump to 4K HDR TVs yet? My dad is still a huge gamer and can't wait for both uh, consoles, but also doesn't feel the need to upgrade. He's now ancient high definition TV. I'm just wondering if he's going to see any real different or improvements from trying to squeeze these two obnoxiously large boxes into his TV unit. Keep up the great work, and for the love of Christ, respect the sea. From Andy. Can't agree more, can't agree more of that. Um, I feel like now would be the time to go to 4K, personally. I don't want to tell people go spend mm-hmm. over £500 on television, but well, yeah, for certain it's games, a lot of money, like, yeah. yeah, like... You will. It's not like you won't notice the difference on your HDTV. You'll like games will feel smoother and quicker. You'll have the sixty frames like in dark, uh, like in Demon Souls, and they but will look the, better. Like graphically, they, they will, will look be better. better and load but times. Mm-hmm. You load times won't well. be you won't be getting the full hit of what you're already sinking a lot into that console, mm. and yeah, I would say you're not getting the full effect of it personally. But at the same time, you're not getting no effect. So. Mm-hmm. It's hard, to, it's hard to tell people what to do with their money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I, I must say, from my perspective, I actually think HDR is much better for films and TV shows than it is for mm-hmm. games. I the, the Xbox comes with a calibration thing, which I think should be like universally across all consoles or anything you plug into it to help you calibrate it to make the most of your TV. I've got it to as far as damn it perfect as I can. It's still in HDR too dark to play Assassin's Creed. It makes Assassin's yeah. Creed look far nicer, but actually to play, the moment you go underground, everything's just too dark. So right. HDR, I'm less interested in this gen. I'm, I'm but... in the same boat with you, especially in Assassin's. Yeah. Like I've got HDR on, but I'm thinking of turning it off just because yeah. it makes it harder to play. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it looks, yeah. I say, looks beautiful, and especially outdoors, it looks so lifelike with HDR. But so, but obviously, all 4K TVs probably are going to have HDR on. So yeah, if you. Mm-hmm. I think if you haven't got one already, if you can, now is the time. But I don't think you're going to be, like, suffering without. Yeah. Uh, let's get through the some quick ones here. One from David Jacobs, who asks... I'm just going to paraphrase. Basically, have you seen better download speeds on the PS5 compared to the PS4? I actually have. I don't know. I haven't actually looked the tech behind this but games are definitely downloading quicker on my ps5 than they were on my ps4 i'm getting like 
pretty consistent like 200 megabyte download speeds on my ps5 to download games which means i'm getting most games downloaded within an hour which is amazing but are you um hardwired or wireless i'm and that's on wi-fi as well it's not even on ethernet so definitely feel like downloads are quicker and noticeably being in a game on ps5 doesn't seem to slow down that download speed by much either whereas i've noticed on when I'm playing Valhalla, like trying to download Yakuza, it was basically grinding the download to a halt. It just wouldn't download, yeah, basically. I've, I've, I've seen a couple of people talk about yeah. the fact that when you've got stuff open on the Xbox, it actually does throttle the... And that might be to do with... You might find that part of the... I don't know because I've not looked into this, but I'm guessing that part of that speed might be actually the right speed as well to disk. And obviously mm-hmm. the PlayStation has a faster SSD than the Xbox mm. does. But I think there's probably, for the amount that the Xbox does slow down download progress while you're playing, I think there's probably something else at play there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I've got a piece of feedback from Marie Humphrey saying, I ordered a PS5, currently selling the PS4 Pro on eBay, uh, but they're selling it before the PS5 arrives. So want to make sure that you can safely transfer save files to the new console. Um, is it as simple as saving them to the cloud of PS Plus, or are, are they missing any vital information? Well, I um, so the one thing I did think was clever. So I I had both, and I sat them next to each other, and it just literally you transfer from one to the other over Wi-Fi, which I thought was very clever mm-hmm. and super but, easy. But it did take yeah. a long time. Uh, in response to Marie, like saved data files, I've uploaded some straight to PS Plus and downloaded them onto ps5 and it has it's just worked that way i think it is that simple yeah um which is nice also if the great thing like ubi connect now do is whatever console you're on no matter if even if it's the same uh, system so say you start valhalla on ps4 and then get an xbox series x you can just carry on the game from your save file on ps4 on series x which that is that is, is incredible cool. that yeah, sadly yeah. doesn't that they hadn't didn't implement that into watchdogs so they do it for your multiplayer <laughs> progress but your single player progress doesn't oh, really? it's only yeah. valhalla and um so immortals is going to have it as well but mm-hmm. maybe it's because of like obviously watchdogs in a in a different world came out earlier than these other two which were supposed to be kind of i think this end of the year so maybe it just right, didn't get yeah, put yeah. in early enough in dev Mm-hmm. Right. I think we've got time for a couple more quickly. Yep. Uh, Matt? Yeah, uh, this one is in from Andrew Kershaw, who says, uh, I have just received my Xbox Series S and booted it up with the idea of diving into Game Pass. I have to say, though, I found it a bit overwhelming and didn't really know where to begin. Do you guys have any suggestions of what to get started on for context? I skipped Xbox One and have been enjoying the PS4 Pro over the last few years, so I haven't been able to touch anything Xbox exclusive, in which case I would personally say forza horizon which i sang praises of the other week it's amazing um, yeah. Forza horizon 4 is amazing and that's been updated for series x as well so it looks yeah. even better same mm. with um ori and will of the wisps i don't yeah. know if it's both ori games actually um, i think but... definitely the most recent one is is yeah. updated um it's incredible halo as well if you've not played any of the halo games like it's well worth diving in master chief collection has had lots of kind of improvements mm-hmm. over the years uh, gears, and... i'm gonna get stuck into gears tactics as well because that Tactics was is only, genuinely that great. Was PC only, so mm-hmm. I'm going to get stuck into that. Also, EA Plays now is included yep. with Game Pass, so I'm going to get go and play the latest shooter, Black, because that <laughs> is one of the best shooters I've ever played. Uh, so you say that, Cardi? I downloaded Medal of Honor Airborne last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Is it visually any better? 
Who knows? Well, you've got auto <laughs> HDR on the Xbox, so it will apply HDR um, like right. lighting to games regardless of mm. where they're from. So yeah. you can technically make black an Xbox One game wow. look better than it did on the Xbox One. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, not I say X- when I say Xbox and, One, as in o- original OG. Xbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, those are our recommendations. Uh, one more here I've got from Jake Tucker, who says, "Long time listener, first time writer." Now we're only a week away from the PS5's UK launch. The excitement is definitely settling in. Oh, setting in even. Uh, what are your most anticipated games over the next few months? Obviously Cyberpunk is the most hyped, but is there anything else you think could top that? With the prices at £70 a game now, I'm having to be more picky, so suggestions are welcome. Um, yeah, Like you said, Cyberpunk is, I think, at the top of all of our yeah. lists, or near the top of it anyway. Um, I'm slightly more tempered on on Cyberpunk now, okay. but I'm still like going to be putting presumably an awful lot of time into it. Yeah. Um, in terms of what's coming up soon, I'm I'm still very excited for Lego Star Wars. I keep banging <laughs> on about it. I think it's going to be brilliant. <laughs> um, also, do you remember that Kenner Bridge of Spirits game mm-hmm. that looks great? Revealed? I th- think that looks amazing. Uh, in terms of long term ones, you've got obviously god of war 2 but who knows when we'll be playing that and same boat fable i'm hoping for like i don't think I really fable is close fable but i'm is... hoping i get to no. play that next year <laughs> but i don't think i will be i i really hope fable is a good fable because mm-hmm. i love fable i too. have faith i have faith in a playground yeah um and also rainbow six quarantine which won't be called rainbow six quarantine i imagine when it comes out <laughs> but uh <laughs> I'm looking forward to that a lot as well. I really hope Far Cry 6 is a kind of return to mm. form for that series as well, because 5 was a bit there yeah, for me. Yeah, it didn't didn't strike the right tone for me. I actually, like with Cuba, hope that they go to something that's kind of like a mid-tone between 3 and 2, like because mm. I really like the savage nature of 2 and the feeling of being in a land that you really shouldn't be. Um, yeah. But obviously you won't necessarily get, because I think in, in this one you actually play as part of like the Cuban populace that having to deal with um like this this dictator but i like the fact that you're making your weapons out of just the shit that's in the streets like if you look (laughs) at the guns like the 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 actual sights on them are made out of laser pointers that you'd use to entertain your cat with kind of put into a a, like a like a telescope and stuff like that so that kind of scrappy nature stuff i'm looking forward to also obviously overwatch 2 who knows when we'll be playing that but i'm hoping fingers crossed it'll be next year i'm sure but hopefully sooner rather than later because i will be playing a lot of that maybe we'll all get back into overwatch maybe it'll become oh, i'm absolutely up for it and diablo 4 as well whenever that i don't think that's anytime yeah. soon but what they showed of diablo 4 i was very excited for yeah. and i'm sure we can all agree not related to new consoles at all but breath of the wild 2 or whatever the only game is. that matters the only one <laughs> hyrule <laughs> doesn't even matter anymore breath of the wild 2 is the one that matters oh. Honestly, don't even what mention it's terrible. That word. <laughs> that? Imagine if it's terrible. It's not going to be terrible. <laughs> I don't know how it could be, to be honest. It won't be. No. Well, we'll hopefully get a new. Well, we're getting Final Fantasy 16, obviously, which I am very excited for. But obviously, there's there'll be the second part of Seven Remake as well. Oh yeah. Which, but Christ knows when that is. 16 <laughs> feels closer. Yeah. Right. That was fun, wasn't it? Mm. Thank you, gents. Uh, yes, no worries at all. It was a very nice way to spend an hour. Should we, so. uh, should we play everyone the Bugsnax song one last time? <laughs> one last hurrah. 
Uh, don't forget, email in uh, what, any of your feedback. Tell us what you think of the next generation. IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Yes. So until then, play it away, Cardi. <laughs> uh, here it is. Let's talk about bug snacks. <laughs> Bye. You might think it sounds impossible Till you've seen a Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.